Got it? Okay, so this is 1 John 2, verse 28, which says, And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know this, no, sorry, know us, is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has yet not been made known. But what we know, that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. That first verse of chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Did you know that's what we are? Children of God. Yeah? Um, not just called bits of creation, you know, some bit of matter that's been pulled together and formed into a thing that has two arms, two legs and a head. That thing. Not just that. A bit of creation. Not even, maybe even creatures, you know, or something that... David Attenborough would do a documentary on. We're not even that. Um, uh, we are children of God. That's how, that's how Jesus sees us. That's how God sees us. Father God sees us. That's how John is describing us. And, and he said, see how great the love of God, that we should be called his children. So just dwell on that for a second. Um, uh, in the beginning, what was in the beginning? I don't know if you've ever thought to yourselves. I wonder what happened before the beginning. And you think that, yeah? Anyone stay awake at night sometimes kind of going, hmm, I wonder what this was, you know. Um, you know, what was there before creation? You know, the scientists say there was a big bang and then everything came from that. Um, so, okay, nice one, scientists. But what happened before that? What was there before that? I don't know, maybe scientists have guesses at that, but I don't think anybody really knows, do they? Um, but actually John, so the John who wrote this letter that we've just read, 1 John, he also wrote a book in the Bible which is called John, which is very confusing, I know, except that actually you know that they're both written by John, right? So actually in, in John's Gospel, you don't have to turn there, but right at the beginning he says this mysterious thing. He says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now that's very mysterious, if you like, but here's my summary. In the beginning was community. I've said that before, if you remember. And I'll go even further. In the beginning was family. Father and son. That's it. Imagine that. Before there was time and space, there was father and son. Family. Before there was power and energy and all the stuff that physicists can tell you about, uh, uh, how the Big Bang and all that kind of thing, there was father and son. Before there was matter and substance and things that we make things out of, there was father and son. Before there was land and property and all the things that we argue about in the world now, you know, all the things that cause wars and all that kind of stuff, there was father and son. Before there was money and wealth, and again, all the things that maybe people just run after. There was father and son. Before there was anything, any kind of stuff. iPhones. 
and iPads and, and, and everything else that you can get really caught up in nowadays, there was father and son. There was family. In the beginning, my, my very kind of poor paraphrase of John's first few verses of John's Gospel, in the beginning there was father and son. There was the family of God. And that family of God was perfect in love, perfect in unity, perfect in understanding of one another, perfect in self-giving, perfect in self-serving to one another, perfect in submission to one another. Father and Son are perfectly one together, unified. That's what there was in the beginning. And that is that family that was there in the beginning before anything else, that's the family that John is drawing us into. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You know, like pulled into that family. 1 John 1 says that right from the, be- the beginning of this, this well, going back to First uh, John, the, the letter, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, which we have our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. And John, he tells us this. He says, I'm proclaiming this to you so that you may have fellowship with me because our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. So this isn't kind of... You know, sometimes I think we, 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 we see church as, as family, which I think is good. You know, we're a family and we, we see it's like, well, this is, we've been knitted together with this bunch of people. And, um, and maybe if we sort of think a bit broader, yeah, we're also in the same family as the, the church in Iran and the church in China and the church in Scotland and even the church in Chertsey sometimes. And, you know, and that's how family is. But actually, John is going even deeper than that. He's saying, you know, right in the beginning there was family, father and son. And you're part of that family now. You're part of that family. The thing that was there from before the beginning. That's a big Christmas, isn't it? You've got to get everybody around the table when you think about it, you know. That was a joke. Okay, thank you. You are still with me. Good. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. It's pretty overwhelming. But let's talk about family for a second. Family, parents. Hmm. For some, family and parents are just the most, the most wonderful and great and joyous and beautiful thing ever. And family is just amazing. For others, let's just put it this way, it's not quite so great. It's not quite so rosy when we talk about family or when we talk about parents. For some, family and parents are a source of pain. And, and, and just downright suffering, if honest. And for others, parents are a source of love and happiness, and it's wonderful. For some, family and parents are this kind of like textbook, kind of like the, what you might see on a TV show, an American sort of show from the 50s or something. Just ding, everything's perfect. And for others, well, they're completely dysfunctional and downright abusive sometimes. Some treasure family, some disown family or are disowned by a family. You see, family is complicated. Anyone think that family isn't complicated? Yeah, it's, it's, it's more than... It's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And no matter how great a family... Here's the funny thing. No matter how great a family is, you'll always know that it's not perfect. Right? 
Yeah. Even some of the, some, some families that I know, and you, you, you think, wow, what an amazing family. Then you get to know them and you see, oh, there's actually a bit of niggle going on here as well. It's interesting. But also, at the same time, no matter how bad or dysfunctional a family is, people still yearn for family. People still yearn to be loved and to be part. And that's why oftentimes kids get into gangs and that kind of thing, because that they need to have something where they're part of it. And, 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 and people that have, you know, you know, they've never known their father, they go looking for them. Why is that? The person that abandoned me, I'm going to go looking for. Why does that happen? There's, there's something that in us. Love is a strange thing. Fam- family dynamics are a strange thing that we, we yearn for, for family. Strange that actually the thing that, which was from the beginning seems to be <laughs> something quite foundational in everyone's life, right? But here's the good news. Come back to that verse. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. In Father God, we have a perfect dad. There's no other perfect dad other than him. Um, In Father God, we have a perfect love. There is no other love that is as pure as his. And through Jesus, we have been drawn into that family. That family. But the problem is... Often our image of Father God is filtered through, not the best, but usually the worst of our human experience, right? Um, uh, whether that be with our parents or our family around us. And that darkness, that, which the Bible describes as, as sin, um, clouds our, our view and, and gives us... Um, we often form our idea of who God is through those negative experiences. So we tend to think, because da- our dad was angry in some way, we think that God is angry. Or we think that because um, we've had experience of, of our parents or a family situation being threatening, we feel God is threatening. Or because one of the parents is missing, we feel that God is missing. Or, and these can be very small things. You mean, you might have a wonderful father who you know just from time to time is a bit disinterested or a bit distracted or whatever and that sort of for some reason it's there's that teflon effect sometimes all the good stuff slips off but all the bad stuff is like velcro just sticks right so you know for a few moments dad is disinterested and we start to feel a bit rejected and then we think god's a bit like that for some parents have been abusive and so we think maybe god's like that some parents have been judgmental, maybe we think God's like that. Some people have unfaithful parents, so maybe God is unfaithful. For some, we feel that our parents are never satisfied and always need pleasing, and so that somehow just gets amplified onto God. And how many people, how many people do you know, inside and outside, and outside the church, the world sees it, oh, God's never happy, I'm never quite good enough for God. You know, I don't think God quite loves me. Some people... They've had experienced uh, parents who are a bit tight-fisted, and so we think God's tight-fisted. So that's how the world works. Let's be real, that's how we, we tend to look at God in these, through these lenses. We all have lenses we look uh, at God. But here's the good news. Through Jesus, we find a Father who is not those things. Whatever our experience here on earth, If we think, because we've experienced it here on earth, that God is angry, read the scriptures. He is slow to anger. 
very slow to anger. Very, very patient. He is safe to be around. He's not absent. He's always present. He's completely interested in us. You know, he's not disinterested and, and, and sort of, oh, no, never mind, come later. You know, when we come to pray, he's not kind of thinking, yeah, I'll deal with this later. I've got a few other things, you know. He's kind. He's merciful and gracious. He's not judgmental. He's, not, he's merciful and gracious. He's not unfaithful. He is faithful. He doesn't need pleasing. You know, <coughs> Father God is pleased with us. Did you know, just as, remember when Jesus come out, comes out of the bat, waters of baptism, what, what, what are three things that God says? Father God says, this is my son. And even in that, you just kind of like, you can just feel his chest puffing with pus. This is my son. Now you've seen him. He's out. With whom, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. You can just see the smile on God's face, can't you, when he says that, you know. If I'm honest, and I'm speaking as a dad here, you know, when I, I speak of my children, it's not kind of like, oh, goodness, I've got, I've got to tell people I've got kids. No, I am genuinely proud to say the fact I've even got kids, you know, regardless of what they've done. I happen to be quite proud of that as well. Um, but God is pleased with his, with his children. And in fact, not because of anything you do, just because he's pleased with them. You know, in fact, one of the reasons why we, we Abigail's name means father rejoices. If you, you know, that, that word, and that's, that's, I think that's an image of, that's an image of God. He rejoices. Got kids, great. He's a generous, he's a generous father. Again, that, that parable of the, um, parable of the lost son. You know, that there's the, 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 the the prodigal son comes back. Have you read the book yet, Joe? It's a great book. Um, but the, the, old, the, the older son, he's kind of like, oh, why have you let this guy back in? You know, why have you been so generous? Why have you been so merciful? Why have you been so loving? Why have you been so welcoming? I'm like, oh, didn't realise that God was like this. I didn't realise that Father was like this. And father, the father in the story says, look, everything I have, it's It's yours. It's like, I'm a generous father. Did you not realise? Hello, we've been here all this time. This is the truth, okay? The world and the way the world works, our, even if they are really great but slightly imperfect families, will show us that there are just sort of cracks in, in the way that our world works. And for, for many of us, sadly, our family experience has been downright awful. And so therefore we kind of think, oh, this is the way God is. But actually Jesus says this is the truth. John is showing us this is the truth. This is who God is. So let, rather than let our human experience shape who we think God is like, let Jesus shape who the real Father is like. And in turn, let that shape us. Because I'll confess, and I'll say that in front of my kids here, I've not been a perfect dad. I haven't. I know I joke about not ever getting anything wrong, but I do get stuff wrong, and I've not reflected the image of God well all the time. But I pray that God would change me, 
more and more. And that's, it's in this book. If you wait till Joe's finished reading The Return of the Prodigal, this Henry Nouwen book. Yeah, she's read the back cover. Half of the back cover. He goes through how we, he's, how we see ourselves in the, the prodigal son, how we see ourselves in the older brother, but then he says how we are being transformed into the father ourselves and how his love and his joy and his generosity and all those things transform and change us. Because this is what John's talking about here, that we would be like him, that we'll be like him. And when we see him, we'll, we, we, we will be transformed in something even greater. This is light. This is the Father that John draws us towards, and this is who he says we are as his children. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And so John says, finally, it doesn't have it in the, um, the NIV has, has taken this word out. It says, um, what does it say here? It says, continue in him. The, the word in sort of more sort of, other translation says, abide in him. Remain in him. Don't depart from him. Continue in him, yes. Carry on in him. Now that you know that you are children of God, don't go wandering off being children of anybody else, but be children of God. Stay in that family. Abide in the family. Stay as the family. Stay with the truth of who the Father really is and what he's really like and abide in him and abide in truth. Stay there. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Because here's the thing, and, you know, there's a whole load of research that's done into this. Why, why, do, why do victims of abuse end up going back to the people that abused them? You know, you see this in, um, in relationships and, and, and all kinds of things going on. But this, the, the pull of darkness is, is very strong. And it continually seeks to pull us away from the truth. And there are old voices, even though we know that now that Father is, is pleased with us, there are old voices that say, oh, no, Father's not happy. He's not happy with me. Or we now, now we know that through Christ, we have, Father is satisfied with us. There are old voices that say, no, he's not quite satisfied with me. I need to do something. I need to do something to make him happy. Or, or even though we know in Christ, he's pleased with us. We, our experience, we, we're drawn back to this idea that Father is angry. He doesn't love me. But Jesus says, and I'll put it pretty bluntly, it's a pack of lies. It's a pack of lies. So abide in him. Just stay in the love of the Father. And there are some ways we can do that. One of them is just sticking with the church. And hopefully we, we grow together. I love the fact that we're calling that on Thursdays, growing together. That we grow together in this and that we become more like him together. And so stick with the family. We're, in, we're, we're work in progress, family of God, right? Yeah? Yeah? Keep in the truth. Remain in his word. Don't, don't stray from his word and, and, and go off and, and into our sort of... Oh, well, I think it's like this, because this is the experience I've had. No, but just remain. See what Jesus says. See what Jesus says about the Father. Remain in the Spirit. The Spirit is the third part of that family, which I haven't even spoken about today, which glues us all together. 
So I'm going to read some of those things that you were saying to one another. And in fact, I'm going to read them all again. Remember, I, I said a few weeks ago that this, this little poem thing, that I, it's a bit, I still find it a bit odd, First John, that he just suddenly breaks out into this little repetitive song in, in the middle of his letter. But let's remember these things. I'm, I'm not writing to you, I'm speaking to you, by the way. I'm speaking to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on his, the account of his name. Okay? So when we think, oh dear, he's not happy with me because I'm always messing up. No, you're forgiven. We're going to celebrate that when, in a second when we break bread together. Um, I'm, writing, I'm speaking to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. You know that family that is from the beginning? You know, you know that. You know you're, you're, you're part of that now. I'm writing to you, young men, because you've overcome the evil one. All that evil stuff that kind of clouds our ways of thinking that we just talked about there and think, oh, I'm not good enough. You've overcome that. I'm speaking to you, fathers, because you know him who's from the beginning. I'm speaking to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you've overcome the evil one. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we, us motley crew, look at us, we are the children of God. Remain in him. Don't leave him. It's not very good outside. Well, I mean, we've got to go outside. It's, but you know what I mean. Outside the family. Yeah. Let's pray and then we'll break bread together. Heavenly Father, what great love you've lavished on us. Undeserving, loved children, but that's, I guess, who children are. From the very beginning, there is love for no other reason than love. And we thank you that right from the beginning of all things, there you are, Father, Son, and you've drawn us into this family. Through Jesus, we can say, yes, we are the children of God. We thank you. Lord, for that. I pray open our eyes to know and to see you for who you really are and for all the, the experiences that we have here that are, are imperfect to one degree or another that you would heal us of those things and, and restore us from those things and know who we are in you. And I pray transform and change us so that we would bear your image more and more, that we would grow as your family in your likeness. Let us abide in you now. In Jesus. Amen.